going for boost over well i think going for boost if you're a boost merchant like someone like aj or someone you go for boost <laughs> Hundred percent of the time. Yes. Always, every second of every game. Ball's going in your net. Don't worry about it. Go get the boost and make sure you've got the full 100 to celebrate with the other team. Um, boost over ball is when you're is a good time when your opponent is dribbling towards your own corner and you know it has no threat to go into your net at all and your teammate is behind you for sure if, if all of those align it's better to just take your corner boost let him just dribble in the wall for useless and force him to go back with zero that would be a better time to take boost over ball If you've ever wondered when the best time to go boost over ball is, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, please continue to rate us wherever you get your podcasts, and also uh, follow us and interact with us on Twitter as we continue our quest for VIP passes, uh, potentially at San Diego for the Winter Major. Um, we have a special guest with us today, a new host for this week while Ace is uh, coming back from vacation. Um, here with us today we have... Hey guys, it's Sasuke joining. Uh, really happy uh, Cube's been uh, reached out to me and you know just invited me on. Uh, super excited to start talking about uh, the Winter Major, the Winter Open that uh, just happened this weekend. We got a lot to talk about. There was a lot of upsets and whatnot and uh, yeah, man. Yeah. It certainly was a, a crazy weekend, similar to uh, similar to EU uh, last weekend. They were doing their their best to just absolutely destroy any chance we had of predicting things correctly. Oh no, they did that in flying colors. Um, I I haven't seen NA look this like discombobulated in a long time. Yeah, but before we jump into it, I have to acknowledge uh, Ace. He's not here, but I still got to let him know that he's right. Uh, Gen G did win again. He did call that one. I'll give him. I'll give him that one. But other than that, you know, was a truly, truly crazy weekend. But uh, let's let's just jump right into the the group stage for the winter the winter open. Yeah, group A was a huge shocker. Complexity coming out of nowhere. Three owing the group. Um, you know, 3-2 against Dig, and then uh, coming out 3-1 against Koi, and then pulling off the upset 3-1 Genji. Um, that was absolutely exciting uh, to see just somebody else to be able to have Genji's number uh, somewhat consistently. Um, and then, you know, we, we can't not talk about Dignitas uh, rising from the ashes. They've kind of just been like hanging around that or 9-12, 15-18 mark. Um, you know, they, they snuck in, but, you know, we'll, we'll touch on them. Uh, they're running the playoffs after. And then over group B, you know, Furia taking the, the 3-0 on, on the group and FaZe coming in second, which was, I think it was everyone pretty much had them a little flip, like FaZe going one and then Fury coming in two. Um, that was, that was pretty interesting. But then, uh, PK coming in, getting a solid win, getting into the playoffs. It's nice to see them in the discussion again. Yeah, and then 
I'll, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit here. I had gr- I had G two doing pretty well in the group stage, and they they proved me right on that one, going three zero. Um, version one in the crew also moving on. Uh, Team Axel, one of three teams that went zero and three. I kind of expected a little bit more from them. I kind of thought that they would be able to take it to a crew, but they were not. And then moving on into Group D, we have Space Station, NRG, and M80 moving on. Uh, noticeably, Optic Gaming being eliminated in the group stage after beating SSG but losing to everybody else. Um, M80, kind of a, a big shock. It's a newer roster of uh, Percy, Lion, Blaze, and Kinza. Kinze. But we will, uh, we will again talk about that a little bit more. So Complexity, Furia, G2, Space Station topping the groups, Optic, Team Axel, Shopify Rebellion, and Koi all being eliminated in the group stage. Yeah, I so, thought uh, Team Axel going 0-3 was a little surprising. I know they had uh, some playful Twitter beef going on with a crew. Um, you know, and then when they, when they finally played them, they got <laughs> 3 0 which was definitely uh, not their best showing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll I'll start here. Um, Optic eliminated in the group stage, going one and two. Um, it looks like I think on the third, like on the head-to-head tiebreaker, is is how they they end up being eliminated. Um, yeah, that was surprising. Like Optic on paper look like should look like at least in Group D, they should have at minimum you know, made the playoffs, maybe still have gone one and two, but fared a little bit better uh, in their series against NRG and definitely getting upset by M80 was a shocker. Yeah. I mean, and not being able to take one game off of one additional game off of M80 or NRG is the reason that they're eliminated losing both series three to one. Had they lost three, two on either of those and been able to force a game, a game five, they they are moving on instead of M80. Like that's how close it was for them. But we Ace and I have talked about it quite a bit, and I'd be interested to hear interested to hear your take. Um, kind of back to some roster mania stuff. When Rise was considered to be going to version one to drop Com for for Rise, and then you know Magic Bear was going to be dropped to pick up Com. And then Rise doesn't go to V1, so Com stays and Magic Bear stays. Do you think that has, like, that kind of, like, hey, I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. I'm getting dropped at the first chance to pick up somebody better. Do you think that, you know, kind of affects their team psyche or their team dynamic? I mean, I I could say yes, but I really don't think so, just because that's kind of the nature of RLCS in general. Like, someone's got to be the last man out, and especially when a big name like Rise you know, is for it to be available or to be switching teams. Like, everyone's got to know, you know, kind of where they are in the hierarchy on their team. Like, who's going to be the focal point? You know, for for Optic, like, it's really AJ leading that team. And, like, Rails is a a solid name, um, especially coming off last season with SSG doing as well as they did. Um, It just makes sense. But at the same time, if no movement happens, it's kind of just like business as usual. Fair. Okay. And then Furia picking up Lost looked fantastic through the groups. Um, 
Pittsburgh Knights taking them to a game five was a little bit surprising, but you know they're able to beat FaZe. They took care of business. They won all their matches. Did picking up Lost make that much of a difference for them? Do you think, or do you think it just kind of reinvigorated them? Um, I, I definitely think it, uh, it it helped them out a lot, especially losing someone uh, like Kayo uh, during during the transfer window. Um, I think picking up Lost was a huge addition to their overall play style. Um, they looked really, really good throughout, um, all the way until you know, they met Genji. But you know, Genji's on a whole other level at this point. Yeah. So, your what was your biggest surprise for you coming out of the group stage? Coming out of the group stage, I, I think two things. I think one was the amount of lower, uh, you know, lower C, lower ranked teams that made kind of a big splash right like pk has really not made any kind of noise whatsoever they were able to at least make playoffs this round right uh, after shop i'm pretty sure shopify made uh playoffs or at least made some kind of splash during the uh fall split um, i expected something similar out of them and just didn't see it and then you know dignitas coming out and you know making it to the playoffs and they made their huge run um after that i think probably the biggest uh surprise was optic not even making playoffs it's kind of concerning because of that roster i feel like that roster should be so much better than what they're performing at yeah those are those are all good ones um i think optic for sure they're you know maybe the alarm bells are starting to ring a little bit but certainly with like aj and Reddles, at least you should be thinking that you know, they should be performing better. I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I don't know if it's a team dynamic issue, but they certainly have the mechanics and the ability to perform better than they are. Um, but they just haven't. And then for me, my biggest surprise, I think, from the group stage would probably be NRG. Um, talk about a team that has all the talent in the world, all the mechanical talent and the ability. We've seen them perform well before. Um, they've been underperforming. Uh, since last season even and they're able to go two and one uh, they beat optic they beat m80 and uh, they get swept by ssg but they you know they certainly looked better than they have in splits past and seasons past and you know hopefully they're starting to turn the corner because uh, if energy is competitive uh, na is is a better region for it i agree i think NRG becoming competitive or regaining that form is probably one of the best things for NA at this point, especially just seeing kind of the influx state that they're in. It'd be nice to have a consistent two to Genji's one, um, especially with the story pass that these guys have, right? Like they're all world champions. They, you know, they all have performed at the very top of, you know, of the world and, and, you know, been able to have success, it'd be great to kind of see them, you know, maybe supplant G2 as that bona fide number two in the region, um, you know, and really make some waves throughout this uh, this split. Awesome. Well, with that being said, let's uh, transition here into the playoffs. Absolutely. Playoffs was wild. Um, I'll just go over the, the the top side of the bracket. So M80 coming out, making playoffs, which was 
first things first was amazing and, and it's in and of itself and then three wanting phase clan in the first round which i i don't know about you i don't think anybody had that you know on their mind um, yeah I, I definitely didn't have m80 in the quarterfinals on my bingo card yeah especially like those first like games one two and three all one goal games two overtimes and then game four i don't know what happened but phase just fell apart getting four one on match point like you just don't see them do that like they just take care of you know take care of business with you know some of the these lower seated teams where you know we've seen in the past they just blow right through them yeah i mean so like it uh alpha cap another name uh in the scene uh got picked up as a content creator by m80 and did their broadcast or did a watch party of their broadcast and in the first you know basically it had been 24 hours since he was picked up and you know he was crying on the stream with how how impressed he was with how they played against phase and made the broad made the main broadcast so like certainly i i wish them the best moving forward and that's certainly a fantastic result for them should give them a lot of confidence moving forward absolutely i mean hey maybe alpha cap's got a uh you know got a future in casting because i know that was extremely entertaining watching him uh at least on the main broadcast but uh yeah let's go ahead and move on to dignitas and version one uh dig sweeping v1 three nothing again nobody had that on the table i i yeah i i would tend to agree with you on that one I mean, it was it was pretty close. I mean, they were all like one goal games, um, but I think what Dignitas showed it, especially in the quarterfinals, um, their defensive rotations were absolutely immaculate. I mean, they played such a great team game that they were able to really smother a lot of the. I mean, what I would believe as superior individual talent. Um, they just did a great job of not allowing that talent to kind of take over games. So I thought that was great. Yeah. On uh, the yeah. On, on the bottom side of the bracket in round one, we had Gen G uh taking down a crew three one. Um I don't want to say it's surprising that a crew takes a, a game, but at this point with Gen G it kind of is. Um they take game one and Gen G is able to regain and take the next three. And uh, we have NRG sweeping knights in the in the bottom of round one, and that's you know maybe you're starting to think, hey, is this that is this the NRG that we that we know and love, or is this going to be the you know the championship Sunday NRG that we've uh, we've all kind of become accustomed to seeing from the past, as they just show up and absolutely take care of business against against PK. They looked they looked good. No, they looked really good. I, I think that was kind of something that we've been wanting to see them do is just kind of walk in and, and be those favorites and just kind of take care of business where in the last almost full season, it feels like they've even at lower competition have, have kind of been struggling to find their footing. So it was nice to see them just walk in and take care of business. Um, yeah, let's moving on to top half of the quarterfinals, uh, complexity, uh, four warning M 80, um, you know, with an offensive just dominance like four goals in uh three of the five games and they they look so fast and so in sync with each other it was great to see 
Um, and then Dignitas pulling off another upset uh, for Tuing Space Station, which probably was the most entertaining defensive series to watch, especially that a six and a half minute overtime where SSG put on, I think it was something like 20 shots in the game um, and then losing. Yeah. And also, I feel like we should at least highlight it. Um, Dignitas taking a timeout after game three or after, after winning their third match in, in game, game five. Yeah, no, that was, uh, unheard of. I mean, you've, you heard it on the, uh, main broadcast. If you're watching, um, you know, almost nobody had happened one other time where the team putting, uh, putting their opponents on match point takes a timeout, but I feel like it was very necessary. I mean, you just played a, a six and a half minute overtime. You were sweating like crazy just to keep, you know, just to keep in the game. Um, you know, with SSG just putting on shot after shot after shot with the way that they were, uh, what they were working the the offensive side. Um, you know, taking that timeout just kind of like gets uh, gets everybody settled back down and and really uh, back in a level mindset. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't disagree at all. I think that they're the Dignitas play style, as at least as of this major, was very defensive, very calculated, very um, like rotational based. So kind of calming the adrenaline down, calming the emotions down, getting back into you know what has worked so far, uh, really allowed them to take the series in Game Six there. Continuing on um, in the bottom half of the quarterfinals, we had Furia and Gen G. Uh, Gen G winning that one 4-1. And this is, in my opinion, more of the Gen G that we've been accustomed to seeing. Um, you know, apparently Jack had tweeted out after after Friday that they were, you know, having some struggles as a team. They were, you know, struggling with the move that they made from, from Canada to Austin and that they were not, they were kind of in a little bit of a slump. And, you know, the, the jokes kind of from the broadcast are, if, if this is them slumping, I don't want to see what they look like when they're fully clicking well you know they looked fantastic against furia so you got a little bit of an insight from that oh absolutely i thought i thought that was something very interesting that abject tweeted out and he touched on it again during uh the post series interview about their uh their struggles and and adjusting to the big move and i thought that was kind of off the cuff because you know as far as I'm concerned, going seven and three in the group stage, uh, and then you know three oneing in round one, I'm pretty sure most teams would think that's a pretty solid start to you know the first regional event of the of the split. Yeah, I mean the only games that they lost were in that series that they lost to against Complexity. So I mean I appreciate the kind of the the sneak peek into you know what they're dealing with and what they have to go through. I'm certain I'm sure that it's got to be extremely difficult, especially coming from another country originally, uh, to, you know, living in the States is got, it can't be easy. So I'm, I'm glad that they're, they were able to battle through it for our sake, because we got to watch some truly incredible Rocket League. Oh, for sure. And then we'll move on to the last match of the corner finals. And in my opinion, the most confusing series of the entire tournament, G2 NRG, uh, G2 wins four one. There's two overtime games that G2 win. All of the games except for game one are a one-goal game. I personally thought that NRG looked the better team uh, throughout the whole series, but 
they just you know couldn't stop couldn't stop what G two was uh, was doing. So they event they ultimately lose. But I I certainly think that NRG is going to be frustrated not to move on in that one after doing so many things right in that series. Just you know it was just truly truly a weird series. Yeah, like I definitely agree with you there. NRG looked very very good, especially going up against G two, who is you know pretty much outside of Genji been another dominant team in NA. It was almost you know Genji is the the bona fide one, G two, and you know maybe Phase being that you know two three kind of tiebreaker, and then Energy comes up and one goal difference in, in four of the five games, and just you know breaks just didn't go their way and. Sometimes that, that just happens. Yeah. And then uh, moving on to the semifinals, you got Complexity playing Dignitas, Complexity winning 4-1, and Gen G sweeping G2 4-0. I, I can't say enough positive things about how Complexity looks again, looked against Dignitas. CRR put on an absolute show, and they, they showed out at why they went 3-0 in the group and how they played, you know, how they've been playing all tournament. And then Gen G fully in in fi- almost final form against G two, just absolutely shutting them down, um, winning a six one game. They almost you know they almost Brazil them. It's just they they looked fantastic. G two scored three goals, all all mat like the whole series, and it just it never ever seemed close. Yeah, when you have a 10-goal differential in a four-game series, like, that's absolutely insane. Uh, I think it was, like, 13-3. to Um, But you're right, uh, switching over to complexity, as well as Dignitas played, which was very, very well defensively, I must say. Um, Complexity, their offensive firepower was was just better. Um, And I think... It goes to show, just with RLCS, you need to have three players who can all get it done def- uh, offensively. Um, because if you don't, it doesn't really matter how great your defense is. It's going to break eventually. Um, and if you don't have the offensive firepower to really shoot back and turn things into a potential shootout, you're just going to get left in the dust. Yeah. Agreed. And last but not uh, least, yeah. our series for today is the Grand Finals. Uh, Gen G beat Complexity 4-1. Um, the loss that Gen G took was a Brazil in Game 3 um, after looking pretty dominant in the first two, and they take they take a timeout after that. I personally don't know that I'd be like be able to regain as well as they did. Certainly taking a, a Brazil there, that's really impressive in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Complexity came out, yeah, they get 5-1 in the very first game, but they come out, you know, play Genji to a one-goal game in Game 2, and then 7-1 them Brazil in Game 3. Like, they had the momentum, um, and I truly think had Genji not taken that timeout after that Brazil, they may have just taken Game 4, especially with the way that went. OT uh three minutes they looked absolutely amazing throughout that entire game um just for that uh, that very late uh play uh that gen g pulled out to win it i think after that i think that just broke them yeah i i agree we'll 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 talk like we're we're gonna set set the like the 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 grand finals results aside for a second we'll talk about gen g in a minute here but 
so the the biggest the biggest thing that I I, I think I kind of gravitate towards is is this the same old G two? Is this the G? Is this what you know we're gonna become become accustomed to for G two? Who, in my opinion, going back to the World Championships last year, looked like the best team in the world at that tournament. They were firing on all cylinders. They looked fantastic. They get to the grand finals and absolutely lay an egg and just get you know de- like demolished by uh, BDS. They you know seem to do well in Swiss. They seem to do well in group stages, but they can't get it done in playoffs. Is this something that we kind of should just expect from them now or is it kind of are they slumping what what do you think i'm not sure if i would call it a slump i think you know i think we could call a trend a trend i mean since worlds they have kind of been just that team that will pretty much walk through the swiss stage the group stage because they just have um the individual talent to take them there but for some reason it just feels like the team aspect of things is just not there um, you know, that, that series against Gen G, like Chicago was just kind of laughing at one point, just how bad they were playing it. They just seem to fall apart when they face a team that is slightly more team oriented and plays at a slightly faster pace. Cause I mean, to be honest, G2 plays at a controlling pace. They, like to control the ball they like to take possession and when a team doesn't allow them to do that they just seem lost yeah i mean we talked about it the other day g2 their offensive rotations are fantastic they keep up pressure they steal boosts they get in they look for infield passing they make you know backboard plays but you know they suffocate teams on offense but then they forget to shoot yeah or they they Uh, miss or they miss (laughs) or they miss the target it's like they're missing the, the final most important part of the game their offense, their offense looks great until they're in their opponent's third, and, and it's it's so weird because they do such a great job of, you know, that counterattack, getting out of their own end of the field. They do great in the neutral third, but for whatever reason, they yeah, like you said, they just it, it's great to make the extra pass, but when you're making one or two too many of those, and then you know you allow the defense to get back into their own rotation and then just get out of it or be able to make a, a save that puts them back on the defensive uh, it's it's very weird for a top team not to be able to score consistently when they do so well in the other two-thirds of the field yeah and then nrg just in my opinion an, an unlucky match against against uh g2 i think that this format kind of can lead to that where you know on friday you play three potentially four matches like four full series and then on saturday you're playing one like one series so like you could have you know a bad hour and be out of the tournament yeah um but i i think a lot of that i think a lot of it is just kind of like the same i think the big difference between you know this this uh swiss and the group format is just that you get those extra chances in Swiss. Um, you know, you can play upwards of, of five series if you, you know, if you go three, two and make the playoffs or, or two, three, get eliminated. Um, whereas this one, yeah, you're, you're playing three and then maybe four series. So, I mean, the difference is kind of just one series. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess like my, my thing with that is I'd like to see all of the playoff rounds maybe like the round one and the quarterfinals being played on Saturday, 
where it's like, you know, the first day you're there's, you know, 36 matches, but then the second day there's four. Like, that just seems a little bit weird to me. Like, the having Sunday be uh, three matches kind of makes sense. They're all big They're all big games. Like, you want to talk about them a lot. I get it. That's fine. Championship Sunday. But I really think that, you know, your playoff series should be best of best of seven instead of best of five. And I think that you could kind of play two series in the same in the same day. Because, like, they show up, they play one series, they're done. You know, I personally think that Energy deserved to win that series over G2. And, you know, but, you know, here they are, they go home. So I hope, for NRG's sake, that this is the new trend, that they're starting to, you know, they've kind of started to lay that foundation of coming up with a better strategy and a better way to compete with, you know, within the new meta and with, with the new teams. So hopefully we will continue to see them uh, make day twos and day threes moving forward yeah. fingers crossed because i truly cannot get enough of justin flying through the air and making the insane plays that he makes yeah but again continuing to leave gen g uh off to the side for a minute uh your biggest surprise from the playoff bracket or from the tournament as a whole biggest surprise in my eyes is dig going as far as they did um i thought coming in uh I truly didn't think they were going to, you know, really make that much of a wave outside of maybe making round one of playoffs, right? Um, I thought that they were going to be, you know, uh, essentially the same as Koi. Um, but then they come in and just 3 0 version one. Then they take out Space Station in the fashion that they did. Um, I thought that was absolutely huge for them. And I don't think anybody really had them going as far as they did. Yeah. Um, for me, it's got to be complexity making grand finals. Um, complexity is, is the second, uh, uh, South America team that we saw make a region transfer. They followed Furia, uh, for this, for this RLCS season. Um, they came with a, a very high, uh, pedigree. They come with some very good talent and they've kind of just been biding their time and trying to put it together. I mean, South America has always had a flair for, for offensive talent. Um, and we certainly saw that this tournament with Ray's Bull popping off, CRR just going crazy, and um, AJG being able to kind of support both of them and scoring some pretty cool high, highlight reel goals on his own. But, I mean, it certainly complicates things from a, from an NA perspective, having a extremely competitive complexity, you know, adding to the mix, right? So I, at this point, I think Gen G is, like they, they talked about on the main broadcast, like Gen G could just like not play any more Rocket League and have a guaranteed spot in all of the tournaments, excluding like the World Championship. So like all of the 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 Winter uh, Cup, the Spring Open and Cup, and not have to go through qualifiers because they've accrued that many points. They like they've they're they've been playing incredible but so now you have you add complexity to a gen g to space station to version one to g2 to phase like there's not there's five world championship spots and there are more than five extremely good competitive teams in na no i agree i think that those top five spots are are gonna be absolutely insane to watch or i should say the the four spots outside of gen g um because yeah, at this point we all know they're going they're going to worlds right um those other four spots like i would love to say it should be phase v1 ssg g2 right or maybe furia instead of g2 
that if you if you asked me before uh this season started and especially before this this past weekend i'd say yeah those are those are easily the best five teams in na um now with complexity coming in especially with the way crr and ag ajg played which by the way was absolutely some insane rocket league they pulled off some maneuvers i have never seen before um and they looked incredible on the offensive side um them coming in and doing as well as they did in 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 this in this tournament was eye-opening and i think you know they have a shot at you know being you know the number five or number four and a team yeah i mean you 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 touched on it just there right you you know gen g g2 space station v1 phase right but then okay well what about what about nrg are they coming on are they going to be competing for it what about furia they went 3-0 in their group they made you know quarterfinals and ended up losing to your eventual champions so is that furia not playing well enough or is that just gen g being being fantastic and then you got complexity you know they made grand finals they beat some teams that people didn't think that they probably would have and then, you know, like, okay, well, maybe Dignitas has kind of put it, started to put it together. Maybe this isn't just a one-off run. So, like, instead of five, now you maybe have eight teams that are fighting for it, and it's looking a little bit more like EU, where, you know, that fourth and fifth spot are, like, really, really up for grabs, where, like, not only every series win matters, but every match win matters, especially in this group format where you can see, like, with Optic, right? If they can take one more, then they're in the playoffs instead of, instead of m80 and maybe phase had a bad day and that's why they lost to m80 maybe m80 just played really well so like there's so many things that can change so quickly and it's super exciting for a fan to see that you know there's so many teams competing for these five spots it makes it interesting every tournament and every time these these teams get together to play i will say uh, as much as i don't like the format change i i did like the swiss uh format to be completely honest i think the the group format does well in giving these lower uh seated teams these teams on the bubble um kind of that opportunity that window of saying like hey you win one series you know maybe you sneak another one you get into the playoffs you've got a shot whereas during swiss i mean you saw it most of the time you could pretty much pick who, you know, who were the eight teams making it out on day one um, because it's, it's difficult to see the top teams losing three separate series unless they're going into the gauntlet against each other. Yeah, that's a fair point, but I think we've, uh, we've put them to the side for long enough. We have to talk about Gen G. Um, the first kind of question that comes to mind is, are they the best team in the world right now? I think easily. I think the way that they played, you know, at the major and then coming in and just dominating from, from everyone's perspective, but apparently Jack, they dominated this, this, uh, this tournament, like they dropped one game to a crew, one game to Furia, one game to Complexity. By any means other than that team, they dominated. And and it's I think the only team I could say that probably would be their equivalent is K Corp in EU. Okay. And then so I mean we But I don't we, think K Corp is as good. 
Fair. Um, so we talk about, like, last last year, people talk about BDS, how, and, like, in the COVID year, and when they returned, how dominant they were. They won everything that they could have won. They were just, you know, an absolute force in, in their region and internationally and in, in winning a world championship. Um, does Genji rival them? In this year, as opposed to, you know, BDS last year, they took 90% of all possible points that they could have from the fall split. And, you know, they got 100% so far in, in the winter split as well. I I think they still plant them. Uh, so far this season, from what I've seen, I I truly don't see... Like, B, like, BDS was dominant last season, right? But we saw them play a lot of really good series, and I just... I haven't seen really any team push Genji to the brink. Like I haven't seen a team really hold their own uh, against Genji. I just I don't see it. Okay, and then kind of the last the last thing that I'll I'll touch on with Genji is what do you think makes them so dominant or so successful? Uh, I think it's the mental aspect of things. I, I think uh jack kind of touched it during his interviews like they are putting more time into the mental aspect of the game which we all know top level players do that on the fly um but it's a whole different story when they're doing that premeditatively right they're taking time in preparation um to devote effort to the mental aspect and the team aspect of playing like you saw these plays where you know one member would start an air dribble right and then you'd see another one come right behind them and then they would pass off the ball to each other you know for you know almost like a uh i can't i can't uh grasp the (laughs) the word i'm looking for but it, it basically almost felt like a halfback dive in football you know, they pass the ball off and that that first man just becomes a fullback on a goalkeeper, you know, and like you don't see teams really making those kinds of plays. You see the the one, two, three plays, you know, which is like that's the peak of team play, but they're taking it just to a whole nother level. Yeah, I mean, you can see, in my opinion, at least they're not afraid to make the extra pass, right? You could shoot, but why shoot if I could give my teammate an open net goal? And exactly. On top of that, they are all talented enough to make the solo play if they need. And on any given day, any one of them or multiple of them could be popping off. And I don't know if, I mean, he started. He's starting to get a little bit more uh, credit, but I don't think you could we you could ever give Nolly enough credit from for for helping drive this team. Um, his passing plays, the saves that he makes, the mechanics that he brings his like field vision and decision making are phenomenal. I I think that he's such an underrated player in the Rocket League scene and also, you know, on this team. I I think that he's finally starting to get the credit that he deserves, but he played fantastically throughout the series. I think you saw again Chronic stepping up to the plate and kind of, you know, kind of embracing the spotlight so to speak now that the eyes are on him and Apparently, Jack just continues to to do what he's uh, always done, just at a at the highest level. So I I don't think we could possibly say enough good things about Genji. How dominant they've been in the region, how dominant they've been in the scene. Um, 
I am, you know, they've, for all intents and purposes, almost locked up their, their winter major spot. Um, I am very excited to see them play in person in San Diego. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what they can do the rest of the, the split. No, absolutely. Um, you know, apparently Jack, one of the best players in the world. And I think we're starting to see what can happen when he's placed with other top tier talent that can take that pressure off of him to where he can make the, the smart plays rather than having to shoulder uh, the offensive uh, side of the ball with, that he did with, with dig last season. Um, I think now that especially with, uh, Noli playing as phenomenal as he's playing, which, like you said, cannot be stressed enough how well he's been playing and how much of like that glue guy um, he is to that team. Uh, I think you you you're really seeing what happens when you surround uh, an offensive powerhouse like like Abjack with guys who can make things happen as well. Yeah, but you know we'll. Uh... I'll keep talking about NA Rocket League all day, but, you know, unfortunately we don't have time for all that. So it's time to uh, take us around the world here. Um, we had two other regions, as always, competing this weekend in OCE and uh, MENA. Um, why don't you why don't you take uh, Oceana away? Yeah, Oceana. Um, you know, we saw Ground Zero uh, taking the grand final win um, in, their, uh, in their tournament. And uh, it, it really looked like it was a, a three-team uh, region uh, with uh, power, ground zero, um, and, uh, and, and the Pioneers really just kind of bulldozing their way throughout the rest of the region. You know, uh, it, was, it was almost unlucky that uh, Pioneers and power had to play each other in the quarterfinals because um, I feel like if they hadn't, it would have been those three and one unlucky team in the semifinals. Yeah. I mean, I think that certainly you kind of see the reemergence of ground zero um, pioneers drop super locky and uh, ground zero, pick them up. And then you have the, the super locky uh, grudge match in the, in the grand finals and <laughs> ground zero ultimately takes it. So, you know, time will tell what the, what the roster move means for pioneers, but, you know, certainly seems to be working out so well so far for Super Lucky. But moving on to uh, Mena, we have uh, I, I think the emergence of Rule One as an additional team in this region is will only help the competitiveness of the Middle East region. Um, certainly, you know, Ace and I are pretty big fans of Sunless Khan, so we are, uh, you know, we tend to root for Rule One here. So. It was good to see them both look absolutely dominant in the groups. Uh, Rule one dropping one match total, Falcons dropping none. Um, you know, Rule one continuing their fantastic run into the grand finals, but Falcons are able to to sweep them in the grand finals, and it just it was not very close. Um, Falcons just continue to take care of business. That roster is fantastic. We've seen them compete on the world stage. You know, Ahmad, Okalid, and TRK, they look just incredible, and they continue to look good. So they haven't been able to find the international success, but, you know, they'll look to continue the momentum that they built here and find their way into the 
the winter major because there is only one slot for Mena teams um, at this point. So Rule 1 will have to regain and look to win the Winter Cup. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, I also tend to root for Rule 1 just because, yeah, I, I love Sunless Khan and, and what he's doing with that org, but it's also just my favorite rule in Rocket League. You know, Rule 1s are great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Falcons, they, they own that region. I just I don't see anyone else in the short term uh, really challenging them. However, I do think if, you know, we make it hypothetically all the way to Worlds and they put on a similar type of performance that they did uh, last year, I think that would do wonders uh, as far as the overall credibility of the region and really kind of open some eyes on what, you know, what kind of play can come out of there. Yeah. And then kind of the last, uh, the last thing before we wrap up for today is uh, we'll do a little bit of a winter cup preview. Now that the teams have been set through the closed qualifier, um, oh, let's, let's do uh, who is your like, most likely scenario to win and what is your hot take on something that might happen in, in this tournament? So I think K Corp takes it all. I think they're the best team in EU by a large margin. Um, as far as my hot take, I don't want to beat a dead horse. So it might not be that much of a hot take, but BDS doesn't make it out of group stage. Oh, okay. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, yeah, for, for me, um, I'll do a little bit different ones for you. Um, my my kind of, I think that Oxygen will uh, will take this one after the addition of Rise. I think that it'll, they, look, they look good. They will continue to look good, and I think that they will win. And um, my hot take is going to be that uh, Team Liquid will make a grand finals. I'm still high on that team, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I have been high on that team. I really like the the way that they play. It's very exciting. Highlight real goals every match. Um, I think that they will perform extremely well, and I am excited to see what they can do. I think their group is certainly fit more favorable than some of the other teams um, with just vitality, Williams resolve, and much delight um, in, in their in their group, so I, I see a, a route for them to win their group and to make grand finals. I I respect that. I also, you know, would love to see another edition of El Splashico uh, with Team Liquid and Voice going against each other. I absolutely always love those series. I think they're amazing. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with, with that Winter Cup. Um I would love to thank you for coming on, for, for being a guest host here, for putting your picks out there, and uh, for eventually getting flamed just like the rest of us when we're not right because we're the best at predicting all the time. Um, but uh, Shane also streams on Twitch. I will throw his, his uh, Twitch information and his Twitter in the episode description like I normally do. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Cube. Like it, it, it's it's been an honor to to be on the show with you. Um, but yeah, if you uh, like what you hear, 
please go and uh, give me a follow on Twitch. Um, also, look me up on TikTok as well. Um, you'll see a lot of uh, very okay highlights. Fair. I, 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 I know the struggle. But uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh, please remember to continue to rate and listen to the show, share with your friends, interact with us on Twitter. And as always, remember to always choose Boost over Ball. Thank you for listening to the Boost Over Ball podcast.